episode of Securiosity. I am your host, Greg Otto. On today's episode, I'm going to be speaking with Brendan O'Connor, the CEO of App Omni, on how enterprises are watching over their application security. You know, it's not always the super elite zero days or the finely tuned phishing emails that lead to security incidents. Sometimes your security team just clicks the wrong box or grants the wrong permission. Brendan talks about how App Omni helps with that issue and how human error can be accounted for in an enterprise security program. Check it out. Now joining me is Brendan O'Connor, CEO and co-founder of App Omni. Brendan, thanks for joining us today. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, so tell me a little bit uh, about App Omni. We help companies scan, secure, and monitor their SaaS applications. We think the enterprise runs on SaaS, and most security teams have no idea what the business is doing in SaaS. We really bring visibility and governance to the most important applications that are powering the enterprise. So when you're talking about scanning, what exactly is it that you are scanning? Are you scanning networks? Are you scanning APIs? Or what is it exactly that uh, you're helping the enterprise look out for? We are not a network-based solution. We connect okay. via OAuth flow, and we're scanning in minutes. So we look at APIs, configurations, permissions. We scan the entire configuration and schema of the applications we support. And we build out identity access graphs for which users have access to what data and why. Oftentimes, our customers find out that the public internet and external users have a whole lot of access to their internal data that they shouldn't. So configurations, I feel like we see misconfigurations being at the heart of uh, a lot of security incidents. So tell me, you know, what are attackers looking for when they are choosing their targets? Is it hard to tell if a company will be an easy victim or if attackers are finding clues along their reconnaissance? What are you seeing through your platform? I see that sometimes it's targeted, but sometimes it's an attack of opportunity. When you find an API that is world readable, you may not know what customer's data you have. You just see valuable data, personal information. Uh, we found social security numbers. We found passports. We found medical records and patient prescriptions that are accessible. Um, and we don't look at S3, but in open S3 bucket, and I'm sure we've heard of configurations with open S3 buckets. Of course. It's uh, very analogous to what we do. That same flavor of problem presents itself in SaaS, but in many different ways. Whether it's an overprivileged API or it's a folder in, in Box or Google Drive that's shared to anyone with Link. There's ways that data is accidentally shared and exposed by people within the organization, usually with good intentions. They're, they're not trying to put their organization to risk, but they don't understand the consequences and some of the choices they make. And the data is just sitting out there. Um, we do a very good job of finding it. We plug into SaaS applications and scan very quickly and illuminate the organization to some of the decisions their users have made. You know, everybody comes to RSA and we see all these reports about this new O-Day that has dropped and all of this like, you know, elite level stuff, but it feels like the conversations really need to be more about this misconfigurations that happen because I feel like even elite level hackers or, you know, the nefarious criminals that actually know what they're doing. Yeah, they might be interested in zero days if, if they need it, but I feel like 95% of the time they don't. They're looking for these misconfigurations or just a door opened or something that wasn't patched. And that's how we see, you know, some of the biggest breaches of the past five years. Is that a message that you see resonating inside C-suite? Absolutely. I mean, cybercrime is a business, and let's make no mistake, there are organizations that are making a whole lot of money stealing data and monetizing that. So if you think about it from a business perspective, if you need to research O'Day and find remote code execution, that is a heavy R&D investment. 
And once you use that, if someone gets onto you and they have that indicator of compromise and they start sharing that through threat intelligence, all of a sudden that investment that you've had in O'Day is burned. And so you hope you got the ROI out of it as an attacker that you wanted. But a misconfiguration, you don't need to invent anything. You don't need to develop exploits. You don't need to find ways to sneak into payload or be stealthy in your exfiltration. You just start looking for windows and doors that are unlocked. Um, maybe it's slightly less targeted, but it's right. There's so many organizations that are today exposing their data. And the R&D cost for these criminal actors is very, very low. They can connect to an API, start asking a question, start extracting data, and finding out what they have accidentally been authorized to see. It, it's not SQL injection. It's not RCE. It's someone made the mistake and authorized the external internet to see this data. So with the different misconfigurations that you're seeing, what are some of the pain points? What are some of the things that pop up on your platform that go, okay, we can fix this pretty easily? You know, it takes a variety of different forms. We think that instead of trying to enumerate all the ways something can go wrong, that we want to give our users guardrails on what good looks like. Okay. So our users usually start with a, a global external access policy. And they'll say, across my SaaS applications, I don't want the public internet to have access to anything. And whether that's an API in Salesforce or whether that's a, a file or folder shared in Box, those are two different things. But the end result is someone in the organization with good intentions may have exposed information to the public internet. Now, external users are authorized to see this. So uh, that's one of the ways we usually get our users started is, do you know what the internet can see? And can we start to put a wall around that? We also look at third-party applications. Most organizations have a vendor risk program. They want to okay. you know, look at right. the third parties they're bringing in and make sure they're trustworthy. What many people don't know is in these SaaS applications, a user through their phone or just an OAuth flow in their browser can authorize a third party to have direct cloud-to-cloud -cloud access to their data under that user's privilege. Okay. So we'll come in and inventory third-party applications that are connected into SaaS, and the security team will have heard of three or five of those vendors. Meanwhile, there's 20 or 30 applications they've never heard of. Yeah, they not ideal. direct access into their data. So I've been told that you feel sometimes organizations get uh, should get more credit for preventing how big a breach could have been. Uh, you know, talk to me a little bit more about that perspective because I feel like, you know, especially from my standpoint in, in the media, we tend to go look at this disaster that happens and you're basically saying, well, it could have actually been worse. There's some measures that have been taken to prevent this from being, in, you know, cataclysmic to a company. So talk to me a little bit more about that perspective. Absolutely. I've been a defender for a long time. Um, perfect security is not achievable. And realistically, there's some security teams out there that are very good that sometimes can't make some of the choices they need to because of politics in their organization or it interferes with business process or they were trying to make things happen and they just couldn't get certain security controls or processes over the line. And when we have breaches, we want to talk about how terrible that company is or look at all the ways that they failed, where really some of these control failures, they could be at any sort of company. We don't give defenders credit for limiting the blast radius. So if a grenade goes off, but it could have been a nuclear bomb, hey, the team de deserves credit for all the things that they did right. I feel like a lot of people piled on Capital One um, after the, the very public issue that they had. What they don't get credit for is so much of that data was strongly encrypted, that breach could have been orders of magnitude worse. And I think that it's easy to, to jump on people for what they did wrong, 
but let's give some teams credit for doing things right. right. And I will say that I think Capital One is in, is interesting and I think should be lumped away from some of the other incidents that we saw because with Capital One, the alleged person that took that information was like a high-level AWS architect and was doing things that there's only so many people in the world know how to do those things. This was not Equifax failing to update uh, an Apache patch. So I, I, I kind of see what you're saying there in that, yes, I, I, Capital One, I think, did a good job. So do you think that that should be a, a model or basically that, look, when breaches happen, we need to concentrate on what didn't happen as far as how bad it could have been? I think we need to take that into account. Um, I really look at a security program as, can you do three things really well? Do you have strong identity and access management? If you still have users with individual passwords to 100 different systems, you're just waiting for some sort of password reuse uh, account takeover. That's absolutely going to happen. So you need to have strong identity and access management and make sure your authentication is secure. Then do you have the right baseline security controls configured across all of your environments? It's really, can you be really excellent at doing the ordinary? Making sure that base level controls are in place across a distributed and in many cases heterogeneous environment. And the third thing is, can you respond as an organization quickly to patches and vulnerabilities in code? Um, if it's code that you wrote, you should be able to put out a patch for critical issues in seven days or less. Um, soft, writing software is hard. I have worked for some of the biggest software companies in the world, and even with all the tools investment in static analysis, dynamic analysis, code security and oversight, no one writes perfect code. So you need to have that discipline that if there is a bug in our code, can we quickly put out a patch? And the same goes for vulnerabilities. Code that someone else wrote, you know, whether it's a patch from Red Hat or Microsoft, do you have the muscle in your organization to be able to consume that update and push it out quickly? If you're doing those three things right, you're in pretty good shape. It doesn't make you immune from a breach. And when you look at a very large organization with thousands or tens of thousands of employees, someone's gonna do something stupid. They're gonna click on a phishing email, they're gonna fall for, uh, Someone from the New York Times recently fell for one of those uh, SMS-based phishing scams where they right. say like, hey, this is Bob from Apple Support. There's a problem with your account. Please call us. Like, Smart people have a bad moment where they fall for something. No person is perfect. So you're going to have some sort of security event happen. Can you limit the blast radius and impact of that event? And can you respond and recover quickly? So you're getting into my last question here. I think the theme of RSA this year is the human element. And how do you think the human element falls into cloud security and using all of these SaaS-based programs inside of an enterprise? We've really democratized security controls. So it used to be if you wanted to connect into a company's environment, you got to talk to security. They have to poke holes in the firewall. They need to install an application. They need to provision a, a VPN key. That is simply no longer the case. Now a user through Google Drive can share something to anyone with link. Now Google's going to ask you, hey, you're about to share this with this person outside of your organization. Are you sure you want to do that? And if I click yes, it's really hard to blame Google for that transaction. What should they have done? Ask me twice? Ask me three times? Like, right. You're putting the, the control in the hands of the user. And in many cases, the users are pulling these levers, knobs, and switches and SaaS applications. And it's not reasonable for security to gate that where they want to pre-approve every single decision people make. So we talk about guardrails. You need to have the right guardrails in place. Buying a safe car doesn't make you a good driver. But if you have the right guardrails in place, you can trust the business to move quickly and have a high degree of confidence they're not going to drive the car off the cliff.
Great. Brennan, really appreciate you joining us. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Brendan and check out his company at Omni if you are in the market for some application security help. That will do it for this week. We will talk to you all again soon. But until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and as always, stay curious.